Welcome to Color Forward, a podcast highlighting successful women who have overcome cultural adversity and mastered the art of resilience. Today's guest is Dr. Edith Coleman Shears, president of Mind Over Matter Instruction, Inc., pronounced Mommy. In 2017, Edie earned a PhD in organizational leadership with a research focus on navigating bias in the workplace and advancing women's leadership. Dr. Shears was acknowledged as a top female leader by the International Women's Leadership Association and was named Woman of the Year by the National Association of Professional Women. Today, she'll be sharing insights from a book she's writing for women of color in leadership. Now, here are your hosts, Rosa and Madadi. Well, welcome. We're so excited to have you join us today and hear from your perspective, having done a lot of research, listening to women who want to amplify their voice. And so you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, what you've been doing, and we'll take it from there. That's a very short story, so here it is. I'm a woman who's kind of like the banner child for continuous education because I got my PhD just a couple of years ago. And I went back to school, got a PhD, a master's, and finished my undergraduate kind of in a 10-year period. I initially went away to school after graduation, and I got married while at the school, and I had a baby while at that school, and I continued to go to school, but I got a little off track. And what I love about that is that we often get a little off track because we're young, and we uh, haven't thought through all of our decisions, but I love to tell women that learning is continuous and that you can always reinvent yourself and that I'm really looking forward right now to what I will be when I grow up because we've never finished growing up until we actually leave this place. So I'm so happy to be here and share what I've learned and what I've accomplished with other women who are trying to do the same thing. So tell us why women and why women of color for you? Why, why is that a focus for you? Well, being a human performance improvement person, I train a lot of people. I've been training people for years and years. And I really love women because when you train a woman, she shares what she knows with a friend, with her children, with a lot of different people. Women will spread the wealth of knowledge, and they are just so amazing. We are just so amazing. Yes, we are. <laughs> we, we're the nurturers, we're the builders, we're the caretakers. We play so many roles in the lives of human beings that I like to try to advance them. So my dissertation was on advancing women's leadership. Uh, but I want to go on record to say that I love advancing people who want to do better. It's not just women, but I love women because we are rather remarkable. Yes. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about that. When you think about it, offensive bias, someone who comes up to you and says something inappropriate, it develops or brings about a defensive so you're on the offense or the defense. So women are going to go into the workplace and they're going to kind of be on the defense because they believe that there will be bias there and they're absolutely right. It's unfortunately true that we are still having to deal with bias about gender. And then women of color who have to deal with bias with the double bind that there's gender and gendered racism. And unfortunately... We need some gritty training to be able to get in there to help women understand that, yeah, it's still there. That's still a reality in the workplace. 
I've developed some tools based upon what women told me uh, were the tactics that they used, and they didn't even know they were using tactics. It's things that we learn from experience and things that we try out, and if they work, great, we continue to use them, and if they don't, uh, we find another tactic. So what would you say if you were to provide some of, you know, quick tools, uh, tips, if you like, based on that playbook that you seem to actually yeah. be in development right now? All of the women that I talked to, one of the reasons why they were successful, because they intentionally decided to. So intentionality is something just throughout our lives. It's not just for becoming a leader. It's for doing anything that you want to do. I found that that was a thread that was woven through all of the fabrics of everything that they did. And then uh, before I give you a tool, I have to preference my take on the research, my take on what I think women need to do. For years, we've had this collective perspective and we've had a collective push on uh, making sure that women could have some parity. But if you look at some of the statistics, we won't get to parity for years after I am not here and generations. Parity, when it comes to pay, we can change that with a policy. But when it comes to actual gender bias or how sometimes men look at women as unfit for leadership, that's embedded in a socially, economically, as a constructed perspective that's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And even if we're able to change the cultures of some of these organizations, people are still getting reinforcement outside in religion, in cultures. So we're not about to get rid of how some people think about women, that plurality of you being a woman and then being a woman of color. It's not going to go away. So my thing is, yeah, let's continue to press collectively. But for me, I think every woman goes on a journey within an organization as a singular person. And so I'm promoting agentic behavior. I'm promoting agency that we should look at ourselves, understand who we are. Do we have the thick skin that it will take? Or do we just have the determination to navigate the, the hardships and the barriers Having said that, agency is a big thing. Everything, all of the tools have an agentic purpose to them. I went to the sciences. I went to a consilience of sciences. That means sometimes you use humanistic sciences and then you use technical sciences. But one of the tools was to discriminate. Now I know that term has a very negative sound to most people. But if you go to the science of robotics and engineering and electrical engineering, a discriminator is a node that only allows certain waves to come in if it's in the right frequency. And I feel like women should be discriminators, that when can I say this word? No. Stupid <laughs> waves come in when, when stupidity is approaching you and when something that demeans you is coming at you from a source outside of you. Then we just cut that off. We know how to discriminate and say, that's not going to bother me. But it takes some time to build these things up. It takes you a training program to say, 
I'm going to start incorporating these skills. So the discriminator, I repurposed that word. We need to discriminate with what we're going to accept into our psyche that makes us uncomfortable or lose our confidence. And a lot of times, words and actions do that in the workplace. And the discrimination is not just coming from men all the time. You'll find that women are are hurting women in the workplace yeah. often as well. Right. So you've talked about agency, intentionality, mm-hmm. and then this ability to discriminate what, what you're going to make yourself out of either information or the way that folks might be treating you, sure. you might be perceiving other treating you, so you change the course. What would you say when you think about it, and based on the research and all that you've that you've been exposed to in your experience, for generally women of color or multicultural women that actually make it, right, that are successful, that become leaders um, of their lives and uh, their own enterprises, if you like, what makes it for them? What are they doing well, that the others are not? Uh, they're understanding who they are. And the reason why I say that is because if you study the intersection between gender and race and ethnicity, then you find out that women of color come from a history and conditioning of dealing with racism, of dealing with bias. So if anybody, we probably come to the workplace more prepared to deal with it, but we also come with a hypersensitivity. And so no matter what anyone says to us, we don't look at it as gender bias. We always go directly to racism. So we have to understand who we are and our history and understand that we're really strong. And we've learned how to navigate some of this already. We've got mean and mad navigational strategies. Um, So that's the one thing. We're totally hypersensitive. And with the women that I um, interviewed, every insult or, or bias or barrier was racially motivated. Only until after they became a little bit more confident in themselves and started moving up the ladder did they realize that there was gender bias there too. So I think that's one of the things. We need to know who we are. And that's one of the things that my training program will do. We need to look at self first. Once we know who self is and understand where we are, where we've been, I think they even liken some of the experiences and conditioning that we've had from racial prejudices to post-traumatic stress syndrome. And that we're really just living in generations of that. And so we have to rethink who we are, and we have to rethink what we want to do. So if we have a goal, we have to be intentional about the goal. Uh, So those are the two things. And then we have to navigate using the strategies of some women said that they just ignore stupidity. And if if it's just noise, we have to let that go. To that point, because I think it's important for the person who gets to know themselves, but for our listeners, is there one thing that the people out there, the men or the white women that want to help the women of color, what should they be thinking about or doing? Oh, that's interesting, and that was something that was brought up in our research. I think women who are not of color do know and do care. Not all, mm-hmm. but... I think we all need to be on the same page. The problem with that is, is that when I started out my research, I was going to advance all women, just women. I love women, but you can't. There's not one, there's not one solution that takes care of all. In fact, the solutions are so different that I would say 
invite women of color to the table of the organizations that are meant to mentor women. Mm -hmm. Women need to be mentored mm -hmm. and uh, women of color need to be mentored, but I'm not feeling so bad right now because by the year about 2030, women are going to out be uh, more women in the workplace than there will be men. And so I hate to think that we have to wait until that time mm -hmm. to be effective. We are, women of color are doing really well in the workplace. They should do better. Uh, if you look at the S&P 500, mm -hmm. what is it, 4%? 4% of all of 500 CEOs are women. And that has been around the same for the last four or five years. So I think that um, non-white women can invite white uh, women of color to be mentored to the table where they talk about strategies because gender bias is still gender bias and whether we're women of color or not, we are women and we are experiencing some of the same things uh, even though we sometimes don't recognize it as being a gendered issue. What rules have you broken to get to where you are today? Are we on air? <laughs> um, when I was coming up through corporate America, I was at an organization that was uh, maybe the biggest international financial institution in the world at that time. I was very clear about what our clients wanted. And I actually was in a room where I overheard someone say, we don't want any women, don't send us any women, and don't send us any others. There was a the N word, okay? So I was never confused about that. But I used to break the rules all the time in that organization. I was with them for 14 years. In this organization, let's just say, women were not supposed to be women. You know, this was during a time where women were wearing bow ties and neckties and they were, everything was navy blue and white. So our CEO was coming in and I came to the meeting, sat in the very front in a sea of blue and white, and there were only about five women anyway, two African-American. I sat in the very front with a very beautiful pink suit on, with a pink bow tie, it was lovely. And then before his talk was over, I got up and I left. Now, intentionally was I trying to do this? Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I left, mm. and uh, my boss, who was the head of this whole region, brought him by my office because he wanted to speak with me. And he stood at my door and said, well, was I that boring? And I said, no, sir. I said, but one of our top clients had $100 million to roll over today, and I thought that I should take care of that. And he looked at my boss and he said, see, I told you she was. <laughs> but I'm just saying that sometimes we have to demonstrate our abilities. We shouldn't try to hide who we are. We're women and we're beautiful and we're loving and we love color and we love mm -hmm. nurturing. And nurturing, as you know, is becoming another skill for top leadership. And I'm not talking about, you know, putting the bottle in the mouth, but I'm just talking about caring about how people do what they do and how they work and what they want at work. So I think we should use all of our assets and we shouldn't be trying to downplay who we are. We should try to upplay who we are. And here's the last thing, engage it. Bias and training, the short term is to just navigate it. I, I don't need to waste the energy there. But on the long term is to engage it with someone who you think that you might change their minds about who you are 
and maybe who several people are, because there have been marvelous women who have come before us who have done great work, and that work was not just accidental or by chance or happenstance. It was because we're smart, we work hard, and we are capable. Wow. 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 <laughs> there were so many things that were going through my mind when she was talking in terms of some of the stuff that I've had to focus on as well as someone who works in a large organization and has always worked in large organizations. I loved the way she talked about the things that we're going to be prejudiced against. Hmm. I don't think we did that enough. Even this morning, you and I were talking about some of the things that kind of stay in our mind. Right, right. And it really takes away our productivity because we're too busy thinking about these things instead of like, hey, I'm going to be prejudiced against that. I'm not going to listen to right, that. Right, right. But that is hard though, It Mary. is. It is. I mean, we, we were it, talking that, about it this morning. This morning. <laughs> it is hard because, I mean, that's what I call compartmentalized, right? Yes. And we do a good job about that, but it still hurts. And sometimes you don't know why. And it's only when you have the conversation that I had with you this morning about that certain instance that then you realize, yeah, that's something that I should really put aside and not focus on so I can move forward. However, while you do that, that actually is preventing you from not moving forward or not moving forward at the pace yes. that, that you need to and, and to grab to that agency that she talked about. So, um, yeah, I think that's why it's important to even talking to other women about it, right? Hmm. Um, so that we can help each other move forward yeah. and uh, kind of bypass that because it does, it hurts. Yeah. We sometimes think like you have to be resilient to yourself. You need to find the energy within you to be resilient when maybe the way to go about it is actually sharing it yes. and just hearing somebody tell you, no, no, you use that discriminator yes. that she talked about, uh, right? You discriminate that and then you move into a different direction or, or, or you bring a different awareness to the conversation that otherwise... If you do it on your own, it's not that you wouldn't do it, but maybe you don't do it as fast and you bounce back uh, as, as the, fast. our worst critics, right? Yeah. Because I think if it was the other way around or when I'm telling you things, you lift me up right. and say, hey, this is what you should do or this is why or why not you should pay attention to that. Right. But right. it's so much harder to do it. Yeah. To ourselves. Yeah. The other thing is also about intentionality, right? That's yes. why I was asking her. So what what makes this multicultural women of color that are leaders today? What, what differentiates them? And I think we all know we have to set up goals and we have to be intentional. But also that's hard though. Mm -hmm. um, even it's, it's sometimes very hard to articulate the goal because that's also so different for every single one of us, yes. right? We're Depending just, where you are going in, in your professional or personal exactly. life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So e even the formulation of the intention or the goal can be rather rather challenging, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you go about that? One thing that she said that stuck with me is knowing yourself and kind of going back mm. to who am I and maybe why am I even doing this for, mm. right? Um, she talked about women and the fact that we want to continue to help the community we want to give back and we tell our friend and our other friend and it's almost what is it for me how can I continue to have that energy to continue to open mm. the doors for the other women so I, I look at it as I have a sense of responsibility I think women in position of power 
like ourselves, right. we have a responsibility to, to other women because we are here today because we're standing on the shoulders right. of other women. Of other women. I completely agree so, with that. And I think that's why we're doing this, right? Yes. I mean, this is really why we're doing this, Absolutely. this podcast. So, we want to put a voice. Right, um, right. I think also there are when we walk in a room and we talked about this before, we may be the only woman of color or the only woman and being able to showcase the voice of other women to show that they're not alone and that we all think about these things, but guess yeah. what? We can do it. I mean, the one thing I would say to our listeners is if, if you're feeling this way, make sure that you talk to somebody else. Right. Because right. you're probably doing amazing work. You're probably doing great work and you're just not giving yourself credit. Enough credit. Yeah. And there are some things that you just need to be prejudiced against. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Love it. That was Rosa Santos and Marati Simeon interviewing Dr. Edith Coleman Shears, president of Mind Over Matter Instruction, Inc. For more inspiring stories, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a guest you'd love to hear on the show, send us a DM on Instagram. We are at Color Forward Pod. I'm Elisa Monjadas, producer of Color Forward. Thanks for joining us, and please leave us a review.